0: This year, again, as everybody knows, is feeling the passion. And passion, as we've stated over and over this year, is the key to your breakthrough in every area of your life. And I'm telling you, man, the Word of God is incredible. It's awesome. It is unbelievable. God's Word has the answer and the solutions for everything you're going through. It has the advice that you need for the next step in your life. It literally tells you how to live your life in such a way that you're rewarding yourself with success. To obey this word ensures that your life is going to be fulfilling. Look look at the verse we're using. Seize life. Man, I've paid a lot of money to go to leadership seminars and motivational seminars, and when you sum it all up, that's what they were saying right there. Seize life. And you can get that just from reading your Bible for free. <laughs> Amen. If you're waiting for it to come look you up, it's not going to come look you up. Don't expect a registered letter. You know, we're looking for you. Life's seeking you out. It doesn't work that way. You're not going to get it in certified mail. You're going to have to go looking for life and grab it. And Whether that's in your marriage, your ministry, your business, or whatever it is, it's always the same. You have got to make sure that you take the steps to take advantage of the opportunities that God is placing in your hands. And as we have said over and over again, of course, that that I've just mentioned applies to everybody, saved or unsaved. But the believer, there's another dimension to it. We have access to power and authority and resources that the unbeliever doesn't even have. Because even when we seize life, We're going to use up our talents and our gifts and our abilities and our connections and our relationships, and we'll max out. But for the believer that knows God, the Bible says we have a high priest that is moved into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, and we should hold fast the profession of our faith. Why? Because he goes on to say that this high priest is touched by the feelings of our needs, our infirmities. And it goes on further to say that we should therefore come boldly to his throne, the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What all of that simply means is, is that we can move God to be involved in our lives. And throughout this year, I've been teaching you how to move God to break through in your life. Because sooner or later, you're going to, if you live in this world we live in, you're going to need a breakthrough and I just wonder if there's anybody that needs a breakthrough in any area of their life right now. Whether healing, family, a relationship, friends, a job, finances, ministry. You need a breakthrough. Well, listen. What I'm teaching you will help you to have a breakthrough. Job 23 and 12. I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. What a comparison. How valuable is the word of God to your life? Well, more than your necessary food. You don't live if you don't have sustenance. And Job said, What means even more to me than the sustenance that I receive from the food I eat is the input that I receive from the Word of God. Father, I thank you today because your Word is incredible. A light under our feet, feet uh, uh, a lamp into our pathway, it illuminates the areas that we need to go in, gives us understanding of those areas, the decisions we need to make, advises us as to what decisions we should make when we're presented with multiple choices and sometimes they're prone to make the wrong decision it warns us about the wrong decisions and the consequences they lead to because you foresee the end from the beginning and in your love you mercifully and with your grace guide us in the right direction your word provides all of that it's also forever settled in the heavens which means that your word is the absolute authority on any subject that it may speak on I pray today that you will help us to esteem your word and give it the place of value in our lives that we should in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Last week, I talked about one of the incredible keys to incredible breakthroughs is the key of honor. Years ago at a village church in Kolonovka, Russia, attendance at Sunday school was very slight. It was poorly attended. But it picked up after the priest in that little village began to hand out candy to the poor peasant children that lived in the community. One of the most faithful who always came because he wanted to get his, his share of the candy was a pug-nosed, little, broad kind of shaped guy who could recite the scriptures that he was taught with proper piety. He would pocket his reward, the candy, the sweets he was given for reciting the scriptures that he was taught by the priest and then he would flee back out into the fields alone to do his chores and to eat his candy by himself. The priest, the village priest, took a liking to that boy because of his ability to memorize the Bible and persuaded him to come and attend the church school when visited the child's parents and said, your child is very bright. He is able to memorize verses better than anybody else. I'd like for him to come and be involved in the school and we'll give him a place in the school and you will not have to pay for his tuition. Well, this was, of course, infinitely preferable to doing the field chores and housework chores that he was doing around the house. So he agreed to go and his parents, who were devout believers, were justifiably proud and they were very happy to excuse him from the work that was being done around the home to go and attend that parochial school. By offering sweets and other things like that, the priest managed to teach the boy of the Bible. In fact, the boy memorized all four of the Gospels in the New Testament, word for word. He even received a special prize for one day in church, he quoted all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, from beginning to end and never made a single error. In spite of the fact that this boy had a phenomenal ability to recite and memorize and quote from memory the Scripture, it became clear later in life that he never really had a place of honor for the Word of God in his heart. Because 60 years later, even though he would still often quote Scripture in his speeches, but he would do so in a context that would horrify the old priest, this man became a force that frightened the world, even though he was still quoting Scripture. His name, Nikita Khrushchev, the former leader of the Soviet Union. It was Nikita Khrushchev who led Russia during the Cold War And for those of you old enough to remember, the rest of you have studied it in school. This was the man that during the Cuban Missile Crisis placed nuclear missiles 90 miles off the shore of Cuba. And when we demanded that they be removed, took his shoe off and hammered on a table in a United Nations meeting and looked at our president, John Fitzgerald Kennedy, and shouted, we will bury you a threat that many people believe he followed through on when just a short while later, John Fitzgerald Kennedy was assassinated in Dallas, Texas. As this story illustrates, the why behind studying the Word of God is just as important as the what. Why you study the Bible, why you read it, is just as valuable as the information that you read. The same Nikita Khrushchev who dutifully recited God's word when he was a child later launched the Soviet Sputnik spacecraft into outer space with the cosmonauts on board and then announced to the whole world that he had proven that God did not exist because the cosmonauts had looked out the window of the Sputnik spacecraft as it was orbiting Earth and could not see God. He was nowhere to be found. He ridiculed Christians and said that anybody that believed in God was a fool. He memorized the scripture for the reward rather than for the meaning that it had in his life. And he never honored the word of God. And I'm here today to tell you that just knowing the scripture is not enough. Amen. Last week I talked to you about how that honor is a key that can bring extraordinary breakthroughs in your life. And I spoke about how that honor is something that beginning in the 60s came to be under threat in the American culture because everything that we had stood for began to be questioned during that time. And I explained that last week. I'm not going to re-preach it. You would need to get the CD if you were not here. But the long and short of it is that the generation raised just after World War II that came of age in the 60s and the early 70s, began to question everything that they had been taught, including the Word of God, the existence of God, the church. They were taught because of a book that I mentioned last weekend that was, that was printed right after the end of World War II, a book that single-handedly changed the way children were raised in America. They were taught by parents that had been informed that directive training was not appropriate. Directive training meant that you can't tell a child what is right or wrong. That you have to give in to little Johnny or Sally's whims and needs. Otherwise, their ego will be damaged. There are no moral absolutes is what the thesis of this book was, and I won't go into all of that. But of course, if there are no moral absolutes, well, that immediately made the Word of God come under question because in case you haven't noticed, they're not called the Ten Suggestions. Amen, they're called the Ten Commandments. That's pretty absolute. And so everything went out the window. And uh, with that, uh, as I mentioned last week, abortions uh, became legalized. The Bible, prayer, all of that was done away with in schools. Ten Commandments, uh, the Bible out of all of our federal buildings and so forth. And as a result of not honoring God, we are in the most crucial and critical time of this nation's history that there has ever been. Honor and giving honor is something that people just simply don't know how or have no desire to do anymore. And if they do, the honor is usually given to the wrong things or to the wrong people. Even in churches, honor is no longer something that one can expect to find. Honor for the Word of God, honor for the house of God, Honor for those who serve us in ministry, not just me as a pastor, but our Sunday school teachers, our whatever capacity or position that people may feel. And I'm not complaining. I'm just simply stating the way that it is. In fact, pastors don't even honor each other. (laughs) I got a joke for you. Do you mind? Churches don't even honor each other or the work they do. Two pastors in a city absolutely could not stand each other. They hated each other, talked bad about each other, wouldn't even wave at one another if they passed each other in their cars on the highway or on the street in town. They saw one another in a grocery store, they'd turn and go down a different aisle. They had a strong dislike for one another. And one day, wouldn't you know it, they had a collision at a red light. And they totaled both cars. It was a horrific collision. What was amazing is neither one of them were injured in the automobile accident. Both cars were completely wiped out. The pastors got out of their car, looked at the the automobiles that were absolutely demolished. Each other felt no broken bones, no cuts, nothing. And one guy said to the other, this is a sign from God. We should never have walked away without a scratch. This is amazing. And they said, you know what? I think that this indicates that God wants us to be friends. We have been fighting each other. We need to lay the animosity down, bury the hatchet, and be friends. God allowed us to have a head-on collision. Our lives were spared. And the other pastor, he was still shaking from what had just happened. He said, you know, I think you're right. He said, we need to repent and get right with God I think this is a sign that we're supposed to be friends. We just we could have lost our lives or been crippled for life just then. And the other pastor said, and you know what? To show you how much of a miracle it was, I had just gone to buy a bottle of wine for communion this Sunday. And he said the bottle of wine was not even broken. That means we're supposed to be in communion and fellowship with each other. So he said, I tell you what, let me go get that wine and we'll each toast each other and drink each other in the start of a brand new friendship. And so the other pastor said, sounds good to me. And the other guy went and got the bottle of wine and uncorked it and handed it to his newfound friend. And his newfound friend took it and turned it up and drank healthily from it and said, here, now it's your turn. The other guy said, I think I'll wait till the police get here and finish their investigation. (laughs) Amen. That's what friends are for. People don't show honor anymore. Honor is from the Hebrew word kabod, and it literally means to give great weight to or ascribe weightiness to. It means to esteem or value very highly. And as I mentioned last Sunday, your future is determined by what or who you choose to honor in your life. Every promotion that you will ever receive in life is determined by your ability to give honor to the things that God has placed in your life that need to be honored. Because when you give honor to the things that God has positioned in your life, you are acknowledging that those things were positioned there by God and they have something they're going to impart to you. And the degree of honor you ascribe to a particular thing determines how much. You're going to be able to get from it by way of the gift that God has placed in that thing that was meant to be given to you. Let me explain it this way. I have through the years, of course, heard a lot of sermons preached. And I've heard a lot of sermons preached from the same verses. And I've heard people preach the same sermon. Not deliberately, not intentionally, but just preach the same sermon because there was just... That maybe that was what was needed at that time in a congregation. I one time preached a conference, and I got there uh, the day that I was to speak, and I preached that service at that evening. And then the, after I finished, one of the other pastors came up to me, and he had spoken the night before. We had preached the very same message from the very same verses. Tell me that wasn't a word for that congregation. As big as the Bible is, all 66 books... And we ended up at the same place preaching the same message. Here's what is astonishing to me. I have watched two people preach the same message. And one, because the minister is regarded and well known and highly esteemed. And he has a speaking gift perhaps. People say, oh my God, that's the best message I've ever heard in my life. Wow. Oh, can you believe it? I mean, God, that, that was a word. Oh my, I'll never be the same. And the other guy may be a younger ministry, not nearly as well known, and the, the ministry not in existence nearly as long. He preaches the same message, and you know what? People are looking at their watch saying, is that thing broken? You know? Man, it's taken him forever. And they don't get nearly as much out of it, and yet it is the very same message. What determined why one was so well received and why The person listening to him was so blessed with what he had to say was because he was honored. What determined that the other was not nearly as well received is people did not know him well enough to ascribe to him the same weightiness and credibility that they were giving to the first person. Honor determines what you receive. Your ability to honor what God has placed in your life will determine how much you get out of that thing because Many times, not always, the people in your life, certain things in your life, God himself has placed there because they're going to make a contribution to you somewhere along the way that is going to be critical to the fulfillment of your destiny. I say not always because sometimes we choose to put some things in our lives that shouldn't be there. This is why the Bible says, be not unequally yoked together. Because regardless of whether the thing is good or bad, whatever the contribution is that is going to be made, it can be a good contribution or a bad one. If you choose to honor it, that contribution is going to make a deposit in you. So if you surround yourself with the wrong things, the contribution they will make is going to be damaging and detrimental. Am I making any sense to anybody right now? Now, I look at the Word of God and it's extraordinary. If there's anything that any of us ought to honor, it's the word of Almighty God. Amen. Our nation is in trouble. The failure to honor God is the direct, the direct consequence of that is to lead to pain. Many people believe somehow because they're misinformed that God is this harsh judge who sits with his arms folded with a smirk on his face waiting to squash somebody when he tells us, don't do this, and we are held back from doing something that would really be a lot of fun and entertaining and good to do, but for this mean old God that sits up there that doesn't want us to do it. They have an altogether wrong impression of who God is. God is our loving Father. The thing about God that's different from us, though, is God sees the end from the beginning. He knows how it's going to finish. You have in the course of your life multiple options that you can pursue, different roads you can go down, and God looks ahead and he already knows what each one of those options are going to conclude in. He knows how it's going to turn out. And so God loves us enough that he says, having reviewed the options, don't go down this way, don't go choose that road, choose this one over here. Why? Because if you choose this one, there is a way that seems right in the man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Now, frankly, that's not God on a power trip or an ego trip trying to be manipulated and control people. What that is is a God who is loving enough that he dares look into your tomorrow to tell you what you shouldn't do because it's going to bring you pain. Would you rather that God just kept his mouth shut? Would we rather that? No. One of the most important things you will ever do as a parent for your child is teach them the ability to look ahead from the choices they make and see what the consequences of those decisions are going to result in. If you can teach your child to extrapolate from the choice they make to the consequence that it will produce, you have done your job as a parent very, very well. And God, who is our heavenly parent, our heavenly Father, is trying to help us see what tomorrow is going to bring. It is this failure to honor God's Word that has brought our nation to the brink and very precipice of of crisis and disaster. I want to tell you, if there ever was a time that we needed to honor God Almighty in His Word, it's right now in the United States of America. And I'm going to say this, and while you know me, I never try to upset anybody deliberately. Right now, I feel so emphatic about it that I need to make a statement. I don't really care whether people understand what I'm gonna say. Well, I do care, and I'd rather you didn't misunderstand, but it's gotta be said. Maybe that's what I, I, I need to say because everybody's always searching for some political motivation. Whether you're Democrat or Republican, we need God right now. And I don't care who the president is or what administration gets in. And let me throw a few others out there. Libertarian, Independent, Tea Party. Whoever we are, we need God right now. We need God's direction in this nation. And I'm a little bit tired of being pushed around when, since Christians are 89% of America. We're being told, I mean, one of the first things our president did when he became president was tell the world we're no longer a Christian nation. I'm sorry, 89% of us still are, amen. And again, I'm not criticizing an individual, I'm just stating it the way it is right now. We need to honor God. Well, what's embarrassing is that the UK last week, the head of the UK, Gordon Brown, got up and said, we are a Christian nation. They are. Amen. Wait a minute. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Amen. God's blessed us more than any other nation that's ever existed in the history of mankind. And I want to urge people who are believers to never forget where God has brought us from. Because if we forget where God has brought us from, it's going to cost us something. It was the philosopher Santayana said that, that they who forget the past are condemned to repeat it. We don't want to have to go through some things again. Amen. Amen. And so what I'm looking at is this: is the need to honor the Word of God. Look at Josiah, one of the most extraordinary of the Old Testament kings. He was just a lad, eight years old, when he was crowned king. Didn't know anything about the Bible. And he lived... During a time when the kings of Judah, he was of the tribe of Judah, you'll sometimes get confused by this because you think that Judah and Samaria are used interchangeably, and they are from a certain period of time in the Old Testament because the ten tribes of Israel basically were swallowed up. But Judah remained, and they were the ones carried into captivity. And let me just simply say that, that when you study it all out, that well, the ten tribes intermarried with the people that moved in, they were the Samaritans, and it 's a long history that i don 't go, even go into right now, but you say, what is modern day Israel and uh, well it 's all of those that trace their ancestry back to a Jewish heritage, and among those primarily are these people from Judah, so Judah morphed into as it were what we would know as what remained of Israel. But the kings of Israel, or Judah, if you prefer it that way, let's just say that they were very, very wicked, and they had failed to honor the Word of God. The result was this God who sees into the future said, Hey, guys, this is not what I want to have happen, but this is what's going to happen because of the road you're taking. This is where this road leads. You take the right road, Interstate 10 East, You'll end up in Lake Charles and, and eventually you'll get to Baton Rouge and on, on to Florida. You take the wrong road, you take 59. I'm sorry, you're not going to Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And God said, I want you to know which way this road you're on is leading you. They chose to ignore God. The result was Babylonian captivity came. Josiah and his son were the last two kings before Babylonians captured and oversacked and overran Jerusalem. Now, Josiah was a good king because when, someone, when he became crowned king, someone who had hidden the word of God, one of the priests, because it was not being honored, got the word of God out, blew the dust off the cover, and brought it out and began to read it to Josiah, that young lad. That boy was profoundly moved and ripped his clothes and began to pray and repent. And he sent the, 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 the priest to inquire of the Lord, and seek the face of God for his nation, and le- read what God's word says in second kings twenty two eighteen through nineteen but as for the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire the Lord in this manner, you shall speak to him, thus says the Lord God of Israel, concerning the words which you have heard. Because your heart was tender and you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard what I spoke against this place and against its inhabitants, that they would become a desolation and a curse, you tore your clothes and wept before me, I also have heard you, says the Lord. And do you know what God did? God spared Israel or Judah, whichever you choose to call it here primarily and more realistically Judah, but he spared them the judgment that was about to fall upon them because their king gave God's word such a high position of honor and esteemed it so greatly. Even though he was a lad of a boy, his decision profoundly impacted the nation. I want to say it again. From the White House on down, everybody in this nation needs to honor the word of Almighty God. From the Supreme Court to the House of Representatives, to the Senate. We need to honor the Word of God. Yes, we do. The Bible is not just another book. Look at what's going on in our nation right now. Look at the the threat, terrorism, the Islamic State threat, all these beheadings, Ebola. And by the way, people are sending me text messages and asking, and I need to tell you, folk are asking, Pastor, are you okay? And I appreciate so much your concern. Because I'm in areas, listen to this, I'm in third, water, third world backwater countries that when you come in, do you know what they do? They have a little gun they place against, uh, uh, not against your forehead, but aim it, that reads your temperature without ever touching your skin. And I mean, that's just to get into the countries that I'm in. And besides, there's Ebola things on the opposite side of the continent. Africa's big enough you can put all of China, You can put uh, the United States of America. You can put all of Eastern Europe. You can put most of Europe, India, all of these countries into Africa. That's how big Africa is. I'm a long, long way from where the Ebola is at. But thank you for the concern you're expressing. Actually, I'm praying for you because you're a whole lot closer to it being that it's in Dallas than I am. (laughs) Amen. So I'm praying for you in Jesus' name. Let no weapon formed against them prosper, Lord. Yeah. Hallelujah to the living God. So thank you for your concern. But we're, we live in a time whenever we, we, need, we need God's help. There's some crazy stuff going on in this world. And God's word contains the principles of life and how to live it successfully. How impacting and powerful is God's word? One verse can change your entire life. I shall never forget, years ago, we had a music group, a gospel group called the Imperials come and sing here at uh, CT. And um, do you all remember the Imperials? Anybody remember them? Maybe you might remember this song. Praise the Lord, he can work through those who praise him. They were the ones that did that song. They came here. Their lead singer at that time was from the Soviet Union, from Russia. He had been raised in Russia. Raised in atheistic Russia, communist Russia. Raised to not believe in God. His whole family raised not to believe in God. One day in the wintertime, his granddad was walking down the road and found a crumpled piece of paper and picked it up. Do you know what it was? It was one page from the Bible from the Gospel of St. John. It contained St. John chapter 3. And he read it and revered it. He read When he got home, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. On the basis of that one scripture, he fell on his face. Finding that God loved him was an amazing and impacting thing. He gave his heart to God. And changed the direction of that entire family. He became a minister and a pastor and spent years in prison. And that young man that was the lead singer for the Imperials shared that testimony. That's how he came to be a Christian. I work in areas during the week when I'm away where people have an extraordinarily high regard for the Word of God. One of the missionaries tells the story of having gone into a remote village in the mountains in a certain part of Africa and having preached. And then he came back to the city that he, was, that, he was, that he lived in. And several days later, a woman had walked all of the way from that village in the mountains to come and ask him, Sir, would you tell me his name again? What was his name? I can't remember his name. When I heard that story, it moved me so deeply because we have the word of God Almighty and we have it in churches everywhere we go all across the United States of America and we take it for granted and we fail to honor God's word though it contains the very principles for success in life. How do you seize life? Honor God's word. I want you to compare Josiah's response, though, to that of his son. His son's name was Jehoiakim. When Josiah died, it was Jehoiakim that came, king, became king in Israel. He was the king that was ruling and reigning whenever Israel or Judah failed and was carried away into Babylonian captivity. His father honored the word of God and turned judgment away, though Israel had made a series of terribly crippling and and wrong decisions that would have resulted in their annihilation, their devastation as a nation. His son, Jehoiakim, did not follow in the footsteps of his dad. And one of the things that we must be careful to do is be certain that we raise our families to honor the God that we have honored, to teach them his ways. How do you do that? You cannot honor God without honoring his word, my friend. And you can say, I love God, but if you don't love his word, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. What does that mean? That if you truly love me, you're going to honor my word. And in fact, many don't realize it, but when you honor the word, you're honoring the Lord. Because in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And verse 14 of 1 John 1, or St. John 1, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. How do you honor God? You honor his word. And you can, you can say praise the Lord and hallelujah all you want to. But if you're not honoring God and putting his word at a place of preeminence in your life, then you're not really honoring God at all. And this is what Jehoiakim did. Jehoiakim failed to honor God. Jeremiah, the prophet, was raised up just before the destruction of Jerusalem and before it was carried away into captivity to deliver a word of caution and warning. He was called the weeping prophet because he wept so much over his nation and interceded for them so often. Do you know what their response to him was? As he would write... The word, as he would preach the word of God, they became so antagonistic that they threatened to kill him. Jeremiah wrote the word of God down, realizing that the spoken word was being rejected. And he sent it by means of a courier to King Jehoiakim. And this is what happened. Compare this response with the response that his father gave to the word of God. Now the king was sitting in the winter house in the ninth month. When a fire with a fire burning on the hearth before him. And it happened when Jehuda had read three or four columns from the scroll Jeremiah had written, that the king cut it with a scribe's knife and cast it into the fire that was on the hearth until all the scroll was consumed in the fire that was on the hearth. Yet God said they were not afraid, nor did they tear their garments, the king nor any of his servants who heard all these words. Nevertheless, Elnathan, Deleah, and Jemaria implored the king not to burn the scroll, but he would not listen to them. If that's not where we're living right now, I don't know where we're living. Because these days people do exactly what the king did. They read the word and say that no longer applies today. Let's get rid of that. And they tear that out. And this one doesn't work anymore. Let's get rid of that. And don't mention this in church. Let's get rid of that. And you have churches all over America that do not preach the whole counsel of God because they have succumbed to the pressure of a congregation that does not want to hear the teaching of the word of God. And do you know what God's word says? Those are dumb dogs, he said, that cannot bark. It's like having a watchdog that doesn't know how to bark when the intruder is trying to get into the house. I'm not doing anything but quoting scripture right now. Amen. That's what God's word said. We have an obligation if we're going to wear His name to carry His word with honor in our lives and esteem it highly. The result of not esteeming the word of God was that Israel, that Judah, what we sometimes might would call Israel, ended up going into captivity. All the devastation I told you that occurred, uh, that uh, Nehemiah had to go back and rebuild. All of that was directly the result of Jehoiakim not hearing the word of God. When you do not listen to God, I promise you it's going to cause you problems. I don't care how bright, how intelligent, how many degrees, how smart we may think we are. We never get so smart that we don't need God's instruction in our lives. We need the word of Almighty God. Amen. It is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And just while I'm on this subject, let me further affirm this fact that God's word does not change. It is forever settled in the heavens. Amen. He doesn't change because it's a different day or a different time. His word still applies. It might not be politically correct. It wasn't politically correct in Jehoiakim's day. So that's why they got rid of it and the prophet had to send them a scroll because they were seeking for him to try to take his life. No, it may not be politically correct. They might want to cause the voice to be silenced. But if there ever was a voice that needed to be heard, it's the voice of Almighty God speaking in this last day and age. Somebody in the building say amen. 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 And the failure on the part of Jehoiakim to honor the word of God resulted in the destruction of his nation. How has a lack of honor affected God's church? Last week I shared with you how a failure to honor God's word just regarding parenting has resulted in unmitigated trouble and woe in our society. That one little statement, no more directive training. Don't teach them right and wrong. Teach them, this is the catch word, catch phrase, situational ethics. No moral absolutes. Well, let's get rid of the Ten Commandments then because that's definitely a moral absolute. Let's get Bibles out of the schools. Let's get prayer out of the schools, God out. And the result is is that God was taken out. Boy, do we ever need him to come back in because we haven't done so well without him, have we? Well, I need a better amen. It has affected every church in our nation and it's affected the churches in other parts of the world as well. Amen. You said it's affected CT? Yes, it has affected CT. That's why even here at Christian Tabernacle, we must constantly remind ourselves that nothing can place the replace the Word of God as the standard by which we must choose to live.